Hey friends, welcome to Living the KG Life, a Pixie Dust Failed podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about Genie Plus, Magic Band Plus, and reservations. So stick around, it's going to be great. Oh man, everyone, I am still so tired from this trip. So apologies, my voice is a little bit squeaky. We're a little over a year into the podcast. As you can tell, when I either have a lot going on or somewhere where I'm talking a lot, my voice takes a hit. (laughs) Probably not great for someone who has a podcast, but you know, it's been a lifelong thing for me, so here we are. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that we spent Labor Day weekend down in Disney World. I went with my cousin Jen and my best friend Meg, both who have been on the podcast and will actually be back soon. And I'm going to save some of the trip stuff for when they come back on the show. We're going to do a special episode, so hang on for that. I think a couple things really made this weekend successful for us. One being the reservations that we had. Two being actually Genie Plus. We had a great weekend with Genie Plus. So I want to talk a little bit about that and kind of how we made it all happen. And then this was the first time that any of us have used Magic Band Plus. So we'll do kind of like, I guess, a review of that, how it went, what we liked, what we didn't, and go from there. So let's start out with reservations. Reservations are so important when it comes to making a smooth experience on a Disney trip. And what we did was we tried to get one reservation at each park. And I would say that's generally my philosophy when I go. I try to get at least one dining reservation, whether it be breakfast, lunch, or dinner, depending on the vibe of the day or our plan. Try to go for one reservation for the day. And then you're not running around too much. You're not too stressed with got to be here, got to be there. You know, it gives you a little bit more flexibility. The other reservation that we had that was really important was we had tickets to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. And the reason that that quote-unquote reservation was important was because we actually didn't need park tickets for Magic Kingdom that day. And if you listened to the episode where we talked about planning for any of the after hours or parties, you'll know a little bit about that. So for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, the party starts at 7 p.m., But you can get into the park at 4 p.m. So that means you don't need a reservation for the park. You don't need a ticket for the day. So we flew in that Friday super early in the morning. We got to the resort, dropped our stuff, kind of walked around, and we had a reservation at Sanaa for lunch, which was awesome. And it was a nice way to just kind of like get settled right? Walk in, get your bearings on the resort, and then have a a delicious meal. If you haven't been to Sanaa yet, it's a must-do. The food is delicious. The atmosphere with the savannah right outside is unbelievable. And the entire vibe of the restaurant is just awesome. So 10 out of 10 recommend Sanaa. So I really think that initial reservation actually kind of, like I said, set the tone for this entire trip. Meg and Jen had not stayed in Animal Kingdom Lodge yet, so I knew that the vibe of the resort was just going to blow them away, but walking in and having this reservation was such a great key. Now, I know I did just say we tried to do one reservation per day, but the first day we did actually have two. We had the Sanaa reservation for lunch, and then because we knew we could get into Magic Kingdom at 4 o'clock for the Halloween party, we booked Cinderella's Royal Table for 4 o'clock. So after this incredible lunch, 
got upstairs, kind of like hung out, did an Instacart, got our delivery, got dressed, and headed right over to Magic Kingdom. It was really perfect. So we had an awesome early dinner at Cinderella's Royal Table. This one is a tough one for me. Cinderella's Royal Table used to be so, so great because all of the princesses were there. They used to all come around to your table and Cinderella was there as soon as you walked in. So you you walked into the castle, you had your meet and greet, and then every princess walked over to your table during your meal. It is one of the few restaurants that the full character dining experience has not come back yet. It's still just Cinderella. They do have the meet and greet back in the beginning, which is great. But then during the meal, she just kind of comes up and like waves and then walks away. So that ugh, that one's tough for me. I really wish – I do really wish that the full character experience would be back. So ugh, I don't know. That's a tough one for me to suggest. <laughs> I will say the food is really, really good. I mean, eating inside the castle is amazing anyway. If you haven't been, you should definitely check it out. But I would say maybe wait until the full character experience comes back. I mean, hopefully it does. We also don't know if it will. So after dinner, we were able to kind of just head right out. And the party was good. We had a really good time. We had a super fun, casual costume. We were Huey, Dewey, and Louie. So we had the red, blue, and green t-shirts with matching hats. We did white shorts. We did yellow tights and yellow Crocs. So our costumes were super comfortable, really easy, very simple, almost more like a Disney bound versus a full costume. Another part that was actually tough about the party was the weather just wasn't great that weekend. A lot of the rides were down because of thunder and lightning and rain. Some of the characters either weren't out or they weren't out for long. It was also hot AF. So bless up to all of the amazing characters and cast members at the parks. I don't know how you're doing it. I was <laughs> I was dying and I was in a t-shirt. So A plus to all of you that can do that. We really didn't do like any of the treats. They were like kind of hard to find. The character meet and greets, like I said, weren't super easy to find the ones that were out. So the Boo to You parade was incredible. Seeing Max was incredible. And we did still get on some other rides, again, with a short wait, which to me is 100% worth it for going to parties or after hours events, especially when you don't need a park ticket on top of it. And the fireworks were also great. We got to catch up with some friends and it really was great. So Again, that particular reservation, the ticket to the Halloween party, allowed us to have a really great, condensed, and not overwhelming day or time in Magic Kingdom, which to me, again, is always going to be worth it, always going to be something I will do if an event like that is happening at the parks, even just to have the room, just the room to walk around. I'm in. So we were able to really just hit the ground running after our reservation for dinner, and we stayed all the way through to the end of the party. Other reservations that we had throughout the trip, I feel like we kind of struggled a little bit with dining at Epcot. We did have lunch at Via Napoli, which is so interesting. It's such a hot, debated topic, which I find to be so interesting. I love Via Napoli. I love the pizza. I will always get just a straight-up margarita pizza. I eat the whole thing myself. <laughs> and it's a great way, if you plan to drink around the world, a great way to just, you know, carve a load and fill up and be ready to go. Now. The reason that we didn't get too stressed about not having a lot of or a big reservation at Epcot was because it was during the Food and Wine Festival. So we bopped around to a bunch of the different booths and grabbed some snacks and it worked out perfectly. 
We also did do Cosmic Rewind, which is incredible. And actually, Jen and Meg wrote it twice. Prior to Epcot, I went and hopped on the treadmill, got some miles in, and they went and headed to Epcot early. So we did get a boarding group, and it was so early. I was like, you know what? You guys go. I've already been on it. I'll catch you in the afternoon, and we'll do our individual lightning lane in the afternoon. So that particular reservation worked out as well. And we'll talk about Genie Plus and lightning lane and all of that in a few. Now, the other reservations that we had were on Sunday. We park hopped on Sunday. We did Animal Kingdom in the morning, and we did Hollywood Studios in the afternoon. And it was great because we had early entry at Animal Kingdom. So we basically rope dropped Animal Kingdom and closed Hollywood Studios. It was a very long day, but we got so much in and it was awesome. For dining reservations for Animal Kingdom, we did Tusker House, which if you have not done Tusker House yet in Animal Kingdom, 10 out of 10 recommend. That's another one. The food is so good. The drinks are really good, and the character dining experience at Tusker House is awesome. You get to see Mickey, Donald, Goofy, and Daisy. They're in their little safari outfits, and they are so freaking cute. They do the typical each one walks around to your table. Then they have their group little song and dance as they walk around. So 10 out of 10, Tusker House. Everything from food, atmosphere, character dining, definitely do it. Then that afternoon, so we went to our hotel, freshened up and changed because, again, it was hot AF and disgusting. <laughs> then we hopped over to Hollywood Studios, and we had a dining reservation at Hollywood Brown Derby, another fantastic meal. And I'll probably do a bunch of different quick dining reservation episodes on each of these to just kind of highlight them more specifically about what I enjoy about each of these. But Hollywood Brown Derby food was so good. We also got margarita flights, which were delicious. And then we went and did a bunch of rides. And then we went to Oga's Cantina, which is another reservation that 10 out of 10 recommend. The drinks are there. You have a 45-minute limit, so it's not a super long experience or anything like that, but it is so worth it. Again, the atmosphere is great. All of the cast members in Oga's, they are so funny. They make a really great experience for the whole entire bar and make it Almost like collaborative kind of feels like a good word to use. So Oga's Cantina is also a really great one. So really throughout the trip, we had such a good schedule based on our reservations. And one of the things I think worked out really well is that when we were booking our dining 60 days in advance, Meg has been with me to Disney a couple times now. So she has, I feel like she's like my Padawan. She is learning all the tricks of the trade. Meg and I kind of split and I said, okay, I'll take these restaurants. You take these ones. We'll both be up. Let's book them and we'll see how we do. And again, I think having those reservations to kind of almost be like your milestones, if you will, throughout the day or throughout the trip is a great way to kind of like build your schedule around when do you want to take breaks? When do you want to hop back to the resort? When do you maybe want to go to the pool? Whatever it is that you want to do throughout that trip, those dining reservations can almost be kind of like the anchors for you of when all that can happen. Now, one of the other things that I think we did really well, to be honest, was Genie Plus. And I will say I was very surprised that Genie Plus worked so well for us because the other trips that I've done so far with Genie Plus, like they've been kind of hit or miss. I've had some trips where nailed it, worked really well, got in a ton of stuff. Other times it's been like, shit, there's literally nothing and I bought Genie Plus and I can't even use it. So I 100% understand and have experienced the spectrum of the love to hate relationship with Genie Plus. 
I will say, I've been a, quite a few times now on, on Labor Day weekend, and it is so quiet. Did you know that family travel has the incredible power to shape our children's worldview and create lasting memories? In a world where representation is often lacking, it's essential for our children to see themselves reflected in every aspect of life, including the stories we tell about travel. Introducing the Travel of Legacy podcast, where we're rewriting the script by celebrating the diverse voices of black and brown family travelers. Each episode of Travel of Legacy is a testament to the enriching power and the joy of exploration in black and brown communities. So journey with us and subscribe now. It is so nice. And I think that really lent itself to us being successful with Genie Plus. Friday for Magic Kingdom, we didn't need it. So we knew that we were going to be there for the majority of the time during the party. So we said, we'll skip it. We're not going to use it. You know, we won't use it before the party starts or anything like that. We were going to focus on rides during the party time and kind of go from there. Honestly, at Epcot, we didn't really need it either. The biggest thing that we wanted to focus on was Cosmic Rewind which we got on and it was great. And then from there, it was just seeing Harmonious, eating, drinking, and just having a good time. So we didn't use it Friday. We didn't use it Saturday, but Sunday was like, you know, I'm like, you know, air stretching right now was the day to do it. We knew we were going to be sun up to sundown in the parks. Like I said, we did Animal Kingdom first thing in the morning. We did early entry. So we were there by like 7.30 and we knew we were going to stay at Hollywood Studios till park close. So we got Genie Plus and we're like, let's grab a couple things. We'll see how it goes. And we we did get Rise of the Resistance for the afternoon. Spoiler alert, it was down and we didn't get to do it. <laughs> Probably no surprise, but a little bit of a bummer there. I think that was the only kind of like womp womp moment of like the Genie Plus world, I guess. Animal Kingdom was great. We walked in and again, it was early entry because we were staying on property at Animal Kingdom Lodge and it was D-E-A-D, dead. There was no one around. It was so quiet. We actually did Expedition Everest three times in a row. Like we went on, (laughs) got off, and we were like, it's still a five-minute wait. It was an actual walk-on. Like there was no one even in the queue. So we did it three times, found our limit. (laughs) Three times in a row is definitely the cap for me for Everest. But it was so fun. And again, because it was so quiet, we were also able to do a safari. We did Flight of Passage. We did Navi River Journey, and we did Festival of the Lion King, which was, I think, the first time I've seen it, which was incredible. So, I mean, we got all of that done before lunch. And, you know, we got to walk around. We found Kevin from Up, which was so exciting. I've never seen her. I've been dying to find her in the parks. So that was really great. We got to see some of the kind of, like, music, little dance parties in Animal Kingdom. We got to meet Mickey and Minnie. We got so much done before lunch. It was wild. By the time we were at Tusker House, we were like, okay, (laughs) I think we're good for, you know, what we wanted to get done before we need to head over to Hollywood Studios. From there, we went back to the hotel, like freshened up, and then headed over to Hollywood Studios. And this is where Genie Plus, like, I could not believe it. We got on Tower of Terror. We got on Rock and Roller Coaster. We got on Slinky Dog Dash, Toy Story Mania, and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And we had the lightning lane for Rise of the Resistance. We technically won't count that, I guess, because we didn't <laughs> because we didn't get on it. So we hit like all of the big rides, plus had a great sit-down dinner at Hollywood Brown Derby. 
and we went and had drinks at Oga's Cantina, and we got in some shopping. Like, it just all worked out so well, and I think, like I said, the biggest part of it was that it was quiet in the parks, because I've been down there when it has not been quiet, and you're just checking your phone and refreshing and refreshing and draining your battery and staring at your phone when you're trying to be present, and there's nothing. And every two hours, it allowed us to book another reservation. And every time we looked, everything was available at some point in the night. And it almost just kind of like felt like pixie dust, to be honest. Like it almost just felt like, how did we get this lucky? But I think it really was just the fact that the parks weren't that busy. It allowed us to see how good Genie Plus could be when it works. And I think that's the tough part, to be honest. It almost feels kind of like oh, this is what it's supposed to feel like, you know? And then you go and it's really busy and it doesn't feel like that. And, you know, if you're not like us where we are each just paying for ourselves, you're paying for a group, you're paying for a family, it can turn out to be a lot of money for something that could maybe not be super helpful or can be really frustrating or add more stress to the trip. So I really think it's something that you want to be careful of, but you also just want to be aware of that like it can be really great and it also can not be super fun. So I would say for this trip, very specifically asterisk for this trip, Genie Plus was awesome. Hopefully more great Genie Plus days will come. But again, I think really figuring out the timing of the parks really does make a big difference. And the last part that I want to talk about is Magic Band Plus. So this was the first time that me, Jen, or Meg were able to check it out, kind of see how it works. We did definitely fumble around with them a lot, but they were like pretty easy. I mean, it feels just like a regular Magic Band. does all the same things that a regular Magic Band could do, all that kind of basic stuff. Some of the things that are a little bit extra when you are at certain experiences in the parks, it kind of interacts with it. So for example, with the fireworks, I didn't notice really it doing anything during the Halloween party fireworks. So I don't know if that's just like a party thing or what, but during Harmonious, it did light up and kind of like buzz and things like that. So if you've ever been to a concert where they had those bands that light up with the music, it was essentially like that. So pretty cool, but you know, nothing wild that you're like, you have to get it, at least for the fireworks. Then something else that like we figured out kind of on the fly as we were there, and I figured I would share all of this with you, is the Disney Fab 50 Quest, which is what you've probably seen or heard about the most with Magic Band Plus. So how it interacts with all of those Fab 50 golden statues in the parks. So here are the things that we kind of learned throughout either talking to people or figuring out on our own. One is that you have to use the Play Disney app. The app is part of the game of finding the character's statues in the parks. So when you open up the app, you go to Disney Fab 50 Quest, and what will happen is it shows you all of the different icons of each park. And when you click on the park, it'll show you a card, kind of. It almost looks like a playing card, I guess. And on the card, it'll have an icon as kind of like a hint of what the statue or character is that you'll be quote unquote looking for. So for example, one of the cards in Magic Kingdom is a golden Mickey ear hat. And when you tap on it, it says it was all started by a dot, dot, dot. And then you tap on the card and it flips around. And it says the first words ever said by the inspirer of all the Disney magic were hot dogs. So then the goal is that's the hint. Go find, that's right, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> 
So when you get it, when you walk by the statue, your magic band will buzz. When your magic band plus buzzes, that's when the character comes to life. It'll make a sound or it'll talk to you or play a song. That was actually pretty cool. I will say (laughs) it was pretty funny to see the three of us like wildly waving at these statues like, what is happening? Why isn't it doing anything? It's not making any noise or it's not showing up on the app. Until we realize that you don't wave until your magic band plus buzzes. That's when you wave. (laughs) If you take anything away from the episode, that's what it is. Because you don't want to look wild like we did throughout the entire trip. But it was pretty cool to like hear the different pieces that they either played or said as you go through. And then in the app, it keeps track of which ones you've found. And it'll actually show the golden statue, kind of like that side of the card almost, you know, pixie dust comes up and it flips over and that's what you see instead of the hint. So up on the top where it has the four icons of the parks, it'll tell you the percentage of statues that you've found on the quest. So, so far I have 36% at Magic Kingdom, 83% at Epcot, 71% at Hollywood Studios, and 75% at Animal Kingdom. So you can tell... (laughs) They got a little bit better over time because at Magic Kingdom, we were like, what is happening? Why why isn't this working? There are also a lot more at Magic Kingdom than, say, at Animal Kingdom where they only have four. So definitely something fun to do with the kids, with a group, and kind of like see how many you can find throughout the park. But those are the important pieces. (laughs) Knowing that when they buzz is when you wave And we did run into some weird situations where, like, you know, the pixie dust would come up on a card and it would flip over, like, as if you, you know, quote-unquote, got or found that character. And I was like, I'm not even near that statue. How did that even happen? (laughs) So there were some weird kind of, like, I don't know if it was a glitch or just, like, a delay, but definitely some weird things with that. But other than that, it really was a just, like, a redesigned magic band. And... With the fireworks, with Harmonious, it was pretty cool too. Like I said, they kind of light up and give you a different element to to the show. One thing to know that I feel like I've seen some people talk about but not a ton is that they do need to be charged. So when you link your Magic Band, it comes with this little snap-on charger piece. So in the app, it'll tell you your percentage. It should last a while, but definitely keep an eye on it depending on how long you're at the parks for because you don't want to get stuck. So just keep that in mind. It does come with a little bit of a charge, but it was not fully charged when we got them. Know that as well. Either before you go or first thing when you get there, charge up your Magic Band Plus and then you should be good for the rest of the trip. Now I know one of the questions that I'm going to get probably a lot is, is the Magic Band Plus worth it? And I would say it depends. Well, am I going to get them again? Probably because I love games and scavenger hunt type things. So I think Fab 50 Quest is fun and I'll probably do it myself on, you know, the rest of the trips that I have coming up and try to collect the rest of the characters. But I will say that's the important thing. You definitely don't need to have it. You can still use your old magic bands. They still work just like they did before. It's just that the Plus has these extra features. So I would say, honestly, it is really up to you. I think they were like maybe 35 bucks. In the pre-arrival price, they also had a ton of new ones in the parks as well. So I just went with the simple lilac kind of light purple, probably surprising to no one. But I figured I'd go with a simple one, see how it goes this first trip, see if I like it, see if I think it's worth it, because I do love a magic band. And then I have a bunch of other trips coming up, so maybe on some of the other trips I can check out a different design there as well. And I'll probably leave one of them in my owner's locker because I do have a regular magic band that I leave down there as well so that I don't have to worry about 
carrying them all down. So big takeaways. One, try to focus on at least one reservation per day if that's something that you want to do or if you want to just hang and eat at the resort. I had a couple different meals at the quick service spot in Jumbo House. We stayed in Kidani Village, but we ate over at the Mara in Jumbo House, which was delicious. So we did a couple breakfasts there. We also had things like fruit snacks and some fruit and other snacks delivered in our Instacart order. So we had some stuff to just kind of like munch on in the room, either before, in between, or after the parks. So really up to you which types of reservations you want to get, but that is usually my recommendation, at least one per day or per park. And then Genie Plus, I like I said, I could not believe how well it works this trip. Again, I know it does not always work that well. I have had that experience myself where it's been either really frustrating and not worked as well, or I've had times where I bought it and literally couldn't use a single thing, which was super frustrating. So here to say that it can be successful <laughs> depending on the park trip, and it worked really well for us this time around. And then last but not least, Magic Band Plus. Magic Band Plus, it was cool. It was fun. Added a little pixie dust to the trip. Definitely not necessary, but could be something really fun to add in, especially if your kids like to do things like scavenger hunts and things like that. Definitely adds a new element to the parks. I will say I'm very curious to see what's going to happen when the 50th anniversary is over, right? Because these golden statues aren't going to be there anymore. What I think would be really cool, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is kind of what they're thinking, is they'll probably have some kind of interactive statues or something around the park anyway. But I would love to see if it did something like when you met the characters. Like if there was during the meet and greet and it was either a fur character or, you know, something while you're waiting in the queues maybe. Like think about the Peter Pan queue. One of the coolest things is the room where Tinkerbell is, Right. Imagine if there were different spots in the queue while you're waiting and those can interact with your Magic Band Plus. So I'll definitely be curious to see kind of how that all kind of works out once the 50th is over next spring. So we'll see what happens with that. But that's the scoop on our trip. And those were three things that definitely made our trip really successful and fun this time around. And there will definitely be lots more to come about this particular trip between now and my next trip, which will be in November for Wine and Dine. Like I said, Meg and Jen will both be joining in another episode to just talk about kind of like going to Disney as an adult. They're both teachers. Jen's a parent. Meg and I are not. So we have a really cool mix of dynamic and experiences and perspectives on going to Disney as an adult. So we'll talk to you all about that and kind of like how to make it really fun. Like I said, we had so much fun. So there'll be lots more reels and pictures and things to come. So make sure you're following us on Instagram at livingthecagelife to see more of that, but also to see what episodes are coming up. We have new episodes out every Monday. So make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast streaming platform. And if you're enjoying the content in the show, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and a review. It gets our show out there on those platforms. So any reviews and ratings are super helpful. And if there are topics, things that you want to hear about from me and my friends on this show, always make sure to let me know. We want to make sure that we're talking about all the things that you want to hear, want to know, and bring you as much pixie dust as possible. So stick around. It's going to be great. <laughs>